I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. This week we're talking about the ninth episode of the second season of Leverage called The Lost Air Job. Beth, what did you think? Okay, so it was definitely Air, H-E-I-R. Yeah. So I'm glad that I checked the spelling when I was trying to make my predictions last week. Because, yeah, obviously. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Right off the bat. So when I loaded up this episode to watch it on the streaming service that we yes. used, I a very different thumbnail. Yeah, no, that's that's the I streaming services. Confused. I was like, none of why, the thumbnails are correct. Why nah. is Parker on a runway in a floor length fashion piece? I what? No, I that, was so. I was like, all where of the icons are wrong. Don't even bother looking at them. Okay, because it was buffering for a while, so I was just looking at this image, going, "What is happening here? How but, is this?" Connected? And then it just never became relevant, and I was like, "Oh, so that kind of threw me for a hot minute." Okay, yeah, but. No, that's right. You know what's really fun about this episode, though? What? We've actually seen this con used by them before. This is the exact con they pull in the two-horse job, but they pull it with the horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So we've actually, like, the name of the episode, The Lost Air Job, Mm -hmm. is the con that they pull in the two-horse job. I would need to go back and watch the two-horse job. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, think about it more. Like, I believe you. Yeah. But for me to have made that connection, I would have had to watch these episodes much closer together yeah. and with a much more, like, s- like con-specific yeah. lens. That's okay. <laughs> like, it, it plays out slightly different here. Mm. Well, there's people because, and not horses. And also because most of the time the lost air is fake. The con that they play here with Parker as Lizzie Gilbert, yeah. you know, lost bloody air of the fortune Mm -hmm. um is exactly what they do in the two holes job this one though has the plot twist of the air is a real Mm -hmm. and b already Already in in the the courtroom yeah um so that's very fun though i do i i just really appreciate beth risegraf in this episode and her just going i do i love meth yes i I loved that line so much. And it's it's so fucking funny. It's so perfectly in character. It's great. And I love that Nate's response is, yes, we'll go get you some meth. Like when they're like, Can we go, are we going to get some meth? Yes, we'll get you some meth. So fucking funny. And I need you to know, I need you to know, like I told you before that like Parker is like cascoded. Like, yeah. You know, there's another character in late mm-hmm. seasons and we literally get, almost this exact scenario where someone asked them, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I like cocaine. Like, that's the <laughs> that's exactly the response. And it really made me think of it. And I was like, oh, I love this. But no, that, that interaction was just so fucking funny to me. It was chef's kiss. I do, I do want to talk about something. Uh, there was a couple of things in this episode that I didn't love. Okay, let's get them out of the way first. Um, and yes. then we can go back to all the shit that we did. That was my plan. Yeah. I was like, I just want to get these couple of more serious points out and then yeah. we can have an absolute ball on, you know, going through the rest. I am noticing a trend. Yep. Which is first of all, actually, first quickly, a thing that I liked. They seem to have dropped this Nate stupid hats thing. Yeah. Which was like such a They've thing moved for on so to long. Nate has stupid hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which for some, like, I, it's still, like, vaguely annoying, but it's way less annoying yeah. than the hats. So I do appreciate that. But they seem to have replaced it with 
a different trend. Although, come to think of it, I think it was present in season one as well. Which is that the introductory scenes are so weird compared to the rest of the episode. Like, I was really struggling. And this, this you know, is a personal preference. So, you know, opinions, blah, blah, blah. But whatever choices they were making with the direction, like the camera choices in the introductory scene in the hospital, yeah. I detested. I couldn't get invested in what was happening because every fucking time I tried, like the camera was just so jerky and it kept moving weirdly. And, and then it would cut and it was like a new angle and it would, yeah, you couldn't settle just, into the scene at all. And it just kept zooming in and out bizarrely. And like, I understand that it would have been an artistic choice. It would have been like to make it feel choppy, to make it feel fast and make it feel like a, a, certain, a sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, I, I do understand it, but I didn't like it. So, like, I can appreciate the artistic choice. I can understand if someone else liked it. But for me, I just found it so hard to get involved. And it made the acting feel worse. Yeah. Like, because we see that actress through the rest of this episode. And yeah. I think she actually did, like, quite a solid performance. Yeah. But that initial sequence is just... she. It seems like a D-list straight-to-TV Yeah movie you know and for some reason it feels weirdly lower quality than the rest of the episode that's that's my point and like i've had this issue like a couple of times throughout both seasons i think where it's like for some reason just that first like three minutes yeah it's like a bizarrely worse quality in terms of production particularly and i don't really understand why Sometimes the like the introductory bits are great. Like I'm thinking of like the homecoming job was... with the home video and the cut, yeah. and like that was jarring, but like in a very purposeful way, and I really enjoy that. The other but one you're... that stood out to me is I can't remember what the episode was called, but it was the one with the restaurant. Oh yes, uh, the wedding job. Yes, the wedding job, mm-hmm. and like the start of the episode is like the tablecloths and the but. I thought that was beautiful, and I commented when we talked about that episode about how lovely I thought that intro scene was. But I feel like most of them are just so bizarrely formulated. Yeah. I don't really know what term to put. It's like nothing nothing quite feels cohesive. It all feels very like slap job put together at the last second. Yeah. The, sometimes like the first scene is like really good. Like the Order 23 job. Mm. I really like the entry scene, like the courtroom and yeah. like him just being a smug son of a bitch and like that whole build up mm-hmm. is really good. And then you get other scenes like the stalk job where it's like they're going full melodrama for some reason when the rest of the episode is actually like a beautifully subtle character piece. Yeah, exactly. And so for some reason, usually I kind of like give it a slide because I'm like, whatever, it's just like the intro scene. But this one, I was like, I dislike this. And to be fair, again, opinions, you know, it's subjective. I'm sure there are people out there who loved it. Obviously the people who made it wanted it like that for a reason. But personally, I was like, I am immediately less invested in this scenario it just i just couldn't relax into the scene and i guess that's probably the point for you me didn't think not my thing for you it was it wasn't an effective choice for you for somebody it probably was but just not for you i just find the camera movements really distracting yeah i couldn't focus on anything that was actually happening in the scene mm. because i was just so distracted by the fact that my like the point of view kept like jittering and jerking and like I yeah. just couldn't I was barely paying attention to the words that were being said because I was so distracted yeah by the jerkiness and the random zoom in and out and you know whatever else so and you come from supernatural so that's saying a lot yeah right <laughs> so yeah I just I 
that was probably the, uh, that was probably my biggest, like, thing with mm. this episode that I was kind of like, eh, about. The, the other thing that annoyed me. Yep. In terms of, like, again, this is a production thing. This yeah. is not, like, an episode thing, mm. like a plot thing. It's, like, a production thing. For some reason, when they first meet, uh, is it Clara, the attorney? Is that her name? Tara. No, no, the name that she gives them. Is Tara. That, oh, she tells so them she's, Tara? Yeah, so she's, as the attorney, she's Tara Carlisle. Carlisle, that's And then I'm she's thinking. Tara Cole. Yeah, okay. Like, is her that's actual name thinking, that we know her by. That's why I'm thinking Clara, because of Carlisle. No, she, so, she still goes by Tara in yeah. both situations. It's just the last name is different. Yeah, no, it's just because I'm thinking CL from the, yeah. from the same. So... When we first meet her yeah. and she's sitting there across from Nate and it's after, oh God, what, um, he calls her Gigi, but that's not her name. The, the daughter who didn't know she was yeah. the daughter. What's her name? Ruth. Ruth. Thank you. God, I'm not doing well with names today. <laughs> so Ruth has left and it's just Tara and mm-hmm. Nate. And he's like, oh, this is the part where like, you know, you tell me what you really think kind of thing. Yeah. And in that scene, I, for some reason, her foundation or her makeup is so poorly matched or like not blended and it just driving me insane the entire scene. like the whole front of her face was like a completely different shade to the back of her neck which you could see because they kept changing from the POV where you were looking at her face she were looking from her, at her from over the shoulder and you could see they were doing see, like shot reverse shot and you could see and you could was- see the line on her jaw where the makeup stopped and it was driving me nuts I was like why did no one fix this her makeup was perfect flawless the entire rest of the episode but for some reason in that scene she almost looked orange on the front and then so pale from jawline back. It was the weirdest thing. And I don't I don't understand. I don't it. think literally anyone noticed that but you. Look, but that might be the case. Because I did not notice that. And that's fair and valid. I was, To be fair, I was sitting there going, it's Tara, it's Tara, yes. it's Tara, it's you Tara. You are full of glee. Yeah. I was just and I was suspicious of her. Yeah. From the fucking get go. When did you realize? Did you realize until the reveal at the end, okay. or did you have any inklings? So my first note, actually, my first note was, why does Nate keep giving people his real name? That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, I my first note was the attorney is suspicious AF. Is she a relative of the dead guy who's mad that? Ruth like, was getting yeah. a chunk of the estate. Like that was my mm. thought. So I was I wasn't yeah. far off. I had like the right kind of idea but you were that there wrong. was like I was wrong, but I was on the right track, you know? Yeah. And so that was that was my first note. And then <laughs> at the end of the episode, I put in all caps, I knew she was suspicious. I was but fucking new. She's sent by Sophie. So she, okay, what? Let's let's talk about Tara. Like I feel like that is let that's the the thing that I want to know about most. So let's talk about that one. Are you are you done all of your very big complaints of this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was perfect. literally it. That oh, was right. Yeah, it's it very short. I'm so not, used to my like. Oh, this annoyed me, and this. They were not huge complaints no. either. It's just they were a couple Little of production things, could, things yeah. that I I just didn't understand. Yeah. Like I understand, but I not for me. Yeah. Anyway. Tara, do you have a direction you'd like this conversation to go? Oh, yeah, like wherever you want it to go is my direction. Oh, wonderful, okay. Yeah, because I have a lot of thoughts that I can't share about Tara yet, but we'll get there. That makes sense. Okay. I don't like her. 
You don't like her. Let okay. me clarify. I like the character. Yeah. I think she's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. I don't trust her. Okay. I I I think she's a very fun addition. Mm-hmm. I think that it's I think that it's fun that they they were running a con, but she was conning them through the con. So like, you like her introduction and like the yeah. way she was sort of like, well, you can consider it an audition. Like, yeah, I was trying to work out, like, get a feel for you guys, and you were trying to get a feel for me. Like, this yeah. is just like a demonstration of what I can do. But I don't trust her mm. at all. Yeah, and that's that makes me not like her because okay. I like the rest of them, mm. even Nate. You know. A little begrudgingly. bit. Yeah, begrudgingly, Nate's all right, I guess. I love Parker Elliot Hardison. Mm-hmm. And I love Sophie. And I don't know. I just I just don't like Tara. And I think what really cemented it for me was when she was, like, leaving and she was like, well, I want my cut of the inheritance. And yeah. I was kind of like, babe, you're missing the point. You're entirely missing the point of why they're doing this. And, like, that's not, like, she's kind of like Bella from Supernatural. Mm. Like, she's out there for her own gain. And I respect that. Like, she knows what she's doing. She knows why. She knows what she wants. And she knows what she's about. And she's going to get it. We stand a woman who who knows knows what she wants and knows her value. Yes, right? She sent them an invoice, which I think is objectively hilarious. Okay. Iconic. (laughs) Behavior. I love it. However, I don't, like, I am just worried because... What I have come to enjoy about Leverage mm-hmm. is the same thing that you have told me you enjoy. It's a fun, silly little show yeah. about these characters who ultimately are, like, pretty found family. Yeah. And, like, I didn't realise how much I really enjoyed their cohesion as a unit until suddenly I felt like there was a threat to their cohesion as a unit. And my immediate thought was... No. <laughs> like, I don't mind that Sophie is taking time for herself. I think that's important. I think that's valid. So that didn't bother me so much. That didn't feel like a threat yeah. to them as a, as a cohort. This bitch feels like a threat. Like, I, I think she's cool. Hilarious. I think she's great as an individual. But I don't want her anywhere near my blobos. I... I'm so worried that she is going to add, like, a tension in their dynamic that is just going to make me sad. (laughs) So you're basically worried that she's going to come in and, like, ruin the team or whatever, turn them against each other, or, like, for whatever reason it's going to not work out. I have a feeling. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that... Okay, so she's she's been put here. She's been sent by Sophie. Yeah. That's like what they tell us. Mm-hmm. Been sent by Sophie to be the Sophie stand-in yeah. while Sophie's having because they need a grifter. Like, yeah. let's be clear. Last time one of them tried to be the grifter, they got kidnapped by, by Russians. Russians. Exactly, exactly. So they need natural grifter. Is the long and short of it? Exactly. And so Sophie sends theoretically sends Tara. I yeah. don't actually know how the hell Nate ascertains that it was definitely Sophie who sent her. Because Tara's got a letter. Yeah, but, like, anyone can write a letter. Like, does Nate know Sophie's handwriting that well? Anyway, I... if Also, she was there for the client meeting that Nate told Sophie about. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, that's a much better point. Mm. 
I... But also, at the same time, you don't know I would, if she's... I yeah. would double-check with yeah. Sophie. If I were Nate, just mm-hmm. me, I would double-check. I'd be like, hey, you know this chick? Cool, you know? Just confirming that you did, in fact, send her. Yeah, right? And she's not just, like, bugged yeah. us or something. Okay. So, the thing is, about all of the characters in Leverage, mm-hmm. except for Nate, Nate went into this with that moral code. Yes. And he kind of... And to be clear, his entire moral code is don't do bad things unless it's to a rich person, then it's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, he, he went in with this mindset of, like, the Robin Hood mindset, yeah. right? And he introduced that mindset to the others because the others were out there for their own gain. Right? And as they said, though, this, it gets under your skin. Yeah, like, exactly. exactly. They got a taste of being the good guys and now they, they can't go it. back. Right. Like, they tried to go back and it didn't it's work. It's not as satisfying. Yeah. Right? Because They like, were lonely. They were sad. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. They did it for themselves when they were like... And then they there's forcefully no one there to re-adopted him. Exactly. Right? And so, the thing is that Sophie was part of that growth. Sophie grew into that mindset along with the rest of the team. Tara has not. No. And Tara doesn't get it... Like, she doesn't fundamentally understand why they're doing what they're doing. And that is yeah. abundantly clear because of the invoice, right, mm-hmm. at the end. Yes. And my concern is that Tara is going to either fuck over the whole team. Yeah. Or, because she is a grifter. Yes. She is going to divide the team. Yeah. Because that's the easiest way to fuck them Yes. And, like, play them against each other, but in a antagonistic way. Like, I'm worried she's going to start fights, mm-hmm. and I don't want that. This is my happy show now. And <laughs> well, it's become your happy show. Yeah. I, so much Have of my... Have you been tempted to go back and rewatch anything yet? A little. I'm not going to lie. I was having a sad the other day, and I was like, oh, I could really watch some leverage. And then I was like, Bethany... Because I wanted to watch the new, like, new yeah. stuff I hadn't seen before. And then I had to forcibly stop myself. And I was mad about it. Yeah, I was going to wait to tell you until we were recording because I thought your reaction would be priceless. <laughs> so, oh so We've got our boys. Right? So, like, I wanted to watch something just, like, silly. And that mm. I knew was going to be, like, you know, have, yeah. like, fast pace but not, like, mm. overwhelming and, like, all those things. Anyway, point is, this is my happy show yeah. where at the end of the day they all love each other and they go back to Nate's and Elliot makes pasta and Parker makes a funny joke and and as Nate says his home is not a cave yeah right and look <laughs> here's the thing I just I I really don't I really love mm-hmm. the dynamic that they have built mm-hmm. as a team and I'm really, really against anything threatening that right yeah. now. And I'm all for the introduction of new characters. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I love Tara. Yeah. I think her character is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, what a fucking babe. Also, fucking Jerry Ryan. Mm, right. And Holy shit. You probably don't know the significance of that. No. She is... Yeah. You know how I was talking to Abigail and I was trying to get them to watch Leverage? Yeah. And I was like, it has Jerry Ryan in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Got yeah. you, got you, got you, got you. I, that went straight over my head. For all the Star Trek brainworm people, <laughs> has Star Trek in it. Like, so, I, yeah, I'm just really worried that there's, like, a threat to my Blorbos and their mm-hmm. friendships, and I don't like that, and I... I hope you have at least enough faith in the show to know. I that, know like, that they'll get through it. Yeah. 
But I am the kind of person who, okay, okay, I have, I'm the kind of person who if I'm reading a book, this particular, particularly with books, yeah, if I'm reading a book or a fic or whatever I'm reading and I'm like, oh no, there's about to be a conflict, I just close the book. I was reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and it got to the, the end of a chapter and everything was like so happy and I was vibing. I was having a lovely time. And then the end of the chapter ended with something along the lines of like, and that was our last like summer before I ruined everything or something. And I was like, I'm just not going to read the next chapter. I put that book down for like a month. I was like, I love this story. I'm having an absolute time. I refuse to read the next page. I refuse because I want to live in my happy little bubble okay. where nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I like work up to yeah. it and I read it and then I'm like in so much pain, but then I get through it and it's fine usually. But I, I just, I really, I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like in Supernatural, it's fine because the point of Supernatural is that there's conflict, but like in happy go- like shows like this, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, no, 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 no. This is my fluff. Why haven't you tagged the angst? <laughs> you know? I mean, to be fair, the angst hit like three episodes ago. Yeah, but like, I trust, <laughs> like, I know that the relationship that Sophie has with the team is really strong. Mm-hmm. Like, and the her leaving is not like, I'm leaving you forever, I'm never, like, that's not it. That is her needing to make the mature choice to take space and take time. Though in this episode, we don't know if it is forever. That's true. Because they play Where's Waldo Ford. That's the funniest shit. I am obsessed with that. I also love that Parker 100% backs Hardison on that. Like, he's like, who wants to play? And she's like, oh, I do. I want to play. And I was just having an absolute time. I thought that scene was hilarious, especially when Hardison is, like, fully timestamping it. Like, and here you are standing outside her apartment looking quite pensive. Oh, I've seen him look like that before. Yeah, I... Perfect. Because they're like, oh, he's rehearsing what he's going to say. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. It's fine. And this is the thing. This is what I don't want to get fucked up. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be this inherent tension. I don't want there to be this division. And I do think it's kind of inevitable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I can't tell you anything. I'm just vibing here. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm getting it all out. I'm getting my feelings out here. You know, I do think it's inevitable that they are going to use her. Yeah. For that purpose, because otherwise... They're going to get kidnapped by Russians. Well, otherwise it just kind of becomes like, well, you don't... They want Sophie back, not just because of what she can do, but because of who she is. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to make that abundantly clear. However, if they don't use Tara to introduce some kind of issue, then she can replace Sophie. Like, as as a con artist, she can just replace her. And so... It, it from a narrative perspective, at least to me, I think it makes more sense for her to be a source of tension, for her to prove that Sophie is more than just a con artist to mm-hmm. them. She is their friend. She Her morals align with theirs yeah. now. And like all of these things that make her specifically yeah. integral. It's kind of like uh, the the two crew. Oh, yeah, the two life crew job. Two, two life crew job. Mm-hmm. Where they had this other team that were like, they didn't have loyalty to each other. Yeah. And they didn't have that cohesion because they weren't friends. No. They were coming together for a job. And, and the whole thing it. was that Chaos had planned to double cross all of them exactly. at the end of it. Exactly. And that is how I feel about Tara. Because she is not there to be a team player. She didn't come into this with that mindset. She's like, oh, I'm like filling in because it's good for me. Yeah. You know? And so I just, like I said, she feels like a threat. Yeah. And 
don't get me wrong, again, love her character. Think she's a vibe. I think I'm going to enjoy her individually a lot. Yes. And if I felt like she was just like a once-off character who we might get like once or twice a season kind of thing, mm-hmm. I would be way happier about it. Okay. But because they're setting her up to be in Sophie's place for like, I'm going to assume at least sort of the next three or four episodes while Sophie's, like you actually explained to me, I can't remember if it was off the pot or not. It's off the pot. That um, Gina, Gina Bellman, Bellman is, is on maternity leave. leave. So, so this is, because I was having my whole thing about like, you know, contracts and, you know, and and you did clarify for me, like, no, she's, they're actually, you know, she's on They're working leave. around it because she's on maternity Yeah, leave. exactly. And so I'm going to assume that she's not going to be around for at least the next few episodes in any major capacity. Yeah. Which means that... I'm going to assume that Tara kind of takes her place and I just am worried that things are going to get messy quickly. I I have a feeling she is going to drive a wedge and I have a feeling. Okay. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Share your theory. I think that the wedge she's going to try and drive is going to betwe- be between Parker and Hardison. Okay. And I have a reason for that. Oh, yeah. I have a couple, actually. Mm -hmm. So my first reason is that when Hardison first meets her, he makes the, like, point that he thinks she's hot, Mm -hmm. right? And we know that they've been building the thing between Parker and Hardison, Mm -hmm. which I think is really cute and sweet. They also, at the end of the episode, make a point of her calling Parker, like, adorable, like, two or three times. And it's very clear that Parker does not like it. Parker does not like this woman. And you've, like, talked before about how... Sophie doesn't necessarily realize the extent to which this is true, but Parker has like latched on to Sophie. Like yeah. Sophie is like her blobo yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. And even like last episode, we saw her hiding in the kitchen calling Sophie because she was scared and she was concerned and she didn't know what to do. You know, I think that, and like Parker of all of them is really hard to like warm up. Mm-hmm. Like she takes the longest to like warm up to a new person. So I think that that is the pressure point that she can exploit because she's a grifter. She reads people for her like life, right? So she will know that there is something going on there, which already makes it a little bit vulnerable. Plus Elliot is like, (sighs) Elliot and Nate are different because Nate, it has like difficulties in relationships with Sophie, but Sophie is already removed from the equation, right? Because Sophie's like in London or doing Mm -hmm. whatever she's doing. Elliot is close to them, but not in the same, like, respect. Like, there's less vulnerability because there's not, like, a romantic potential anywhere, right? Or at least not that I see. But Parker and Hardison, there is. So there's already an existing vulnerability, and I think that she's going to try to exploit that. Especially considering how much more trusting... Hardison is then Parker. That's the other thing. Hardison of them, I think, is the most trusting. And, you know, you've made the point before that he's also the youngest. And also, I think he's a little cockier because he is so good at doing his background research. I think he's cocky. But let's just for a second remember that he did not pick up when he did the research on this lawyer that it was a faked Yeah. The cover was so good. The fake identity was so good that mm-hmm. Hardison did not. Yeah, right. And so I think that she's going to try and drive a wedge. I think it's going to be between Parker and Hardison. I don't know which side of that wedge 
Elliot and Nate will necessarily fall, but I have a feeling it might be on Parker's side because Hardison is, I think, a little more naive and susceptible to being conned in this instance just because of the naivety, the cockiness, and also the fact that she outsmarted him, and also the fact that he already has acknowledged that he finds her attractive, which already puts him at a disadvantage, right? And so I think that there's going to be like a wedge specifically between Parker and Hardison, but I do think Elliot and Nate will back Parker. Yeah. And I just love Hardison, and I don't want to see my boy being manipulated. No, that's okay. I, I can't tell you anything. That's I'm sorry. fine. I, I am, wish I could. That's fine. Like, I see you ranting and I'm like, oh, I, I just want to tell her, but I'm not allowed to. It's so funny. I'm so used to being on the opposite side of this. Yeah. And what's really hilarious is I have no idea if I'm on the money or if I am so far off base, it's not funny. And I am looking forward to finding out. Would but you? But I also don't want to know. As, <laughs> so basically what I got from that, though, is you think that Tara's going to come in and try to basically break up the team to exploit them for the, her own gain. Mm-hmm. Um, you think she's going to choose the pressure point that is sort of the budding romantic relationship between Parker and Hardison. Yes. And you think that the wedge is going to be driven and it's sort of just going to isolate Hardison out. Yes. But you do not want this to happen because that would be your least favorite thing in media in terms of conflict. And you just want them to be a happy family because this is fluff media to you now. Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's the that's the gist of it, of my very long ramblings. And here's the thing. I want to be mad about it because I understand, like, narratives need tension and this <laughs> is where they choose to put the tension. However, personally, I prefer the tensions to be external. I know that's ironic coming yeah. from me watching Supernatural, but mm. in general, like generally in most media, or rather in fluffy media, I prefer the tensions to be external. It's one of the things I really loved about The Good Place. Yeah. Like a lot of the tensions come from external factors rather than like between characters. And they have tensions between characters, but they're never, I don't know. Doesn't feel contrived. It yeah. doesn't feel like very heavy handed and oh, oh, these characters are going to hate each other because that's what the plot needs. And it, yeah, and it also doesn't feel like I don't. That's not the entirety of the conflict. Yeah. It's not... Because, I mean, if it was, that would mean that Michael's plan had worked perfectly. Exactly. Like, exactly. Anyway. Spoilers for The Good Place. Um, <laughs> no, okay, we need to move on. Because yeah, otherwise sorry. you will just end up talking about this forever. And mm-hmm. that's not really the point of this episode. Yeah. Because this episode is fantastic. It introduces Tara. I do love Tara. I don't know if that's a spoiler for you or not, but... I do love Tara. Regardless yeah. of everything that happens surrounding Tara, yeah. I love Tara. So I don't know if that reassures you at all or if that makes you even more terrified knowing the type of characters I know. I was going to say, towards. you love evil women. <laughs> Sorry. But I do love Tara. Does, if anything, that just supports my theory. <laughs> I do love Tara and I do love Jimmy Papadopoulos. Okay, I love Jimmy Papadopoulos. I... I hate all of Nate's personas except Jimmy Papadopoulos. He gets a pass. I, he's a he's a vibe. I hated him. He's initially. not just bad. He's suspended. Yeah. For what? <laughs> I yeah no. I did like Jimmy Papadopoulos. Uh, I would was... like to say thank you for this episode and the costume designer in this episode for Nate's suits. <laughs> they are hideous. But I kind of really love like the last one he wears. Like that's kind of green, kind of blue, like and like depending I was on the just gonna say, the with last the purple one, tie. The last one was actually kind of a vibe. I love that. I also love Parker's check shirt in this episode. Oh yeah, the yellowy one. The yeah. yellow. Mm-hmm. It's a vibe. Yeah. I just realized I did have a couple more minor complaints. Okay. I forgot about. Continue. Them. So they can't have been that aggressive, but I do want to complain some more. It's fine. Okay. So I just noticed my note that said, oh my God, don't shoot Parker. 
And I was genuinely worried that they were going to shoot Parker. I was like, don't you fucking even try me. Anyway. What was this about Jamie? I just feel like there's never any tension or stakes in the episode. (laughs) Yeah, look, I stand corrected. So I was like, oh no, I don't want them to shoot Parker. What the hell is up? And then Elliot just kind of arrives and I was like, oh, this is convenient. But he doesn't just arrive. His entire job is to make sure and like run security and like... Yeah, but like... The slow-mo was very unnecessary. I will give you that. This is what I was about to say. The fucking slow-mo of him throwing... The throwing the rock, sure, great, whatever. The slow-mo of it all. His hair is all up in his face. It's majestic. I I, I really disliked the slow-mo. I'm just going to be straight up. It's just another production thing. No, where that's... I was like, why did you choose to do... Like, I don't know actually who the director was of this episode. I don't yeah. know if they're a usual director or, like, a once-off or whatever. But they were just making some choices. I hated the mm. slow-mo. And again, personal preference. I get some people probably liked it. They would have done it for a dramatic effect. I just thought it was super unnecessary. Uh, and also, they're talking into fucking thin air again. Yeah. With the bloody comms. Like... Though, to be fair, they are standing together, so it kind of looks like they're talking to each other. Oh, no, not just that scene. Like, yeah. Hardison in the court, like, when he's going to go through security, is just, like, fully having a conversation out loud by himself. Yeah. Nate does it as well at some point. I can't remember when, but I was like, my God, I thought they were done with this shit. Oh, and one other thing. When Elliot and Parker are running from the cops. Yeah. And Elliot disarms the first one, and that's fine, and that's great. And they're, like, trying to get him to, like, calm down. Yeah. And then... Parker tases the other cop. Yeah. Here's my problem with that. If you're being electrocuted, your muscles seize up, which means that he would have pulled the trigger and shot her. Like, that's how that works. His finger was on the trigger and she electrocuted him, which means his finger would have seized and he would have pulled the trigger and shot her. I think she was just counting on him not being in the correct position to shoot her before he accidentally shot her. And here's the thing. The gun didn't go off, so they clearly didn't think about this, but it's all I was thinking. As soon as she was like, I was like, you're going to die. I was like, what are you doing? Anyway, that's just a science thing that just annoyed me. But yeah. Don't, this is, oh, do you know a fun fact? This is why when you're doing first aid courses, when you're like, if someone is like lying down, you're supposed to like check to make sure that they're not been electrocuted, right? So like, cause obviously if you start doing CPR yeah. and you just like fully touch them or whatever, you're going to also get yeah. electrocuted if there's like a live wire. So you're supposed to touch them to make sure that they're not like live, yeah. but you're supposed to do that with the back of your hand. And the reason for that is so that when your muscle contracts, it pulls your arm up towards you and away from the thing you just touched. Because if you touch it with your palm down, you'll grab onto them. It's like an electric fence. Same thing. If you touch the electric fence with the front of your palm, you'll grab it and that's bad. But if you touch it with the back of your hand, your muscle will seize and pull it back towards you. And you might slap yourself in the face, but that is better than gripping the electric fence. So there you go. Fun science facts with Bethany. Always do love a good science fact. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we also, this episode, we see the return of one of my favourite Hardison bits, which is the fake trauma. Oh my god. Hardison's characters are my favourite thing about this show. Hands down. They're always fucking delightful. (laughs) Whenever Hardison is playing a role, I'm like, yes, I'm about to eat well. (laughs) We also get Elliot's little tiny ponytail. Which I love. I mm-hmm. love anytime they put hard not hard as in that anytime they put Elliot in a ponytail, I just Yeah. Also Elliot's reaction uh, when 
the other guard is like, I'll have to report this. And he's like, Duh. like, I, it's so funny. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, oh, another point uh, when they're at the prison. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love when Hardison is saying behind these prison walls or, well, prison shrubs. I, mwah, chef's kiss, loved it. Perfect. Unnecessary line, but yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like, it was purely mm. added in for it to be funny. And it's true. It worked. It was great. Gave me some it. serotonin. That's good. Yeah, I love me some serotonin. I also, I really love episodes like this where you can see how in sync all of the characters are. Because mm-hmm. even with Tara the newbie in the midst, you don't know her. She doesn't know you. You don't even realize that she's conning you at this point. Yeah. Everything is still like... It, clockwork. It's like clockwork. It's like... Elliot and Hardison playing off of each other in the prison mm-hmm. and like, you know, you know, Hardison getting all up in the prisoner's face and him being like, oh no, don't worry, man, this is like not on you, like da da da, like as he's pushing Hardison back. It's fucking Elliot and Parker running from the cops and like, you know, Elliot bumps the table so like Parker can lift yeah. some sunglasses. Like uh-huh. it is like they, they're so in sync, they're working together. Like it's. And this is, I'm so worried. This is why I'm part of why I'm so worried about Tara because they are re-establishing this yeah. right as they're introducing her, and I'm just like, fuck, fuck, like they're driving this home. Yeah, and usually you only do that to make a point. Yeah, and I just oh I'm worried. I'm worried. Oh, and another thing. Sorry to put it back to Tara, but I am cross with Nate. Yes, because first of all, actually, when he goes and talks to Sophie, and he's like, you have to come back. Mm-hmm. And then Sophie being like, they need me or you need me. I was like, oh, man, I remember why I didn't like their dynamic. Like, I was really on the Sophie Nate yeah. train for a hot minute there. And this made me, like, fall off it again a yeah. little bit. I'm like, mm, okay. Didn't love that. Oh, I did love Sophie being like, who's dead? <laughs> like, entertaining. Uh, anyway. I mean, to be fair, she was, she's was she been gone for, like, what, two weeks at this point. And one of them's already being kidnapped by the Russians. Russians. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. not a jump at this point for her to be like, who's dead? Yes, like, exactly. Nate flew to London. Why would he do that? Yes. Um, no, really, it's just because he wants her back because he misses her. Exactly. But he's also physically incapable of being vulnerable. Yes. He's so, too emotionally repressed. To be able to be like, oh, actually, like, I just miss you a lot. I Like, I would really like. Instead, he tries to do this weird deflection thing of like, yeah. You know, we were previously like a quintet, now we're a quartet, like it all still works, but it's off, like Yeah, exactly. Instead of just saying, Oh, actually, like, I, I miss, miss you. you, the team misses you, I would like you to come back, please. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Boy can't use his words for N- shit. Nice. To be fair, very Dean Winchester of yeah. him. But okay, the reason I'm mad at him mm-hmm. is because after they find out who Tara is, he immediately is like, Welcome to the team. And he doesn't consult the rest of the team about that. And this kind of comes back to something that I had an issue with in season one, where Nate was just such an ass. And we got that line where he was like, I don't need to ask permission or I don't need to clear it with you guys. I don't need to tell you. And it's like, you do actually, because what he has just done is introduce a massive liability Mm. because they don't know her. Literally all they know is that Sophie sent her. And while they may trust Sophie, like, that's still a huge amount of trust to put in a woman you don't know. And I resent that even most of the way through the second season, he is still making calls like this without consulting 
the other people around him, especially because it's pretty abundantly clear that at least Parker is not a fan and Elliot clearly is undecided. Hardison also, at this point, pretty undecided. Like, I think that that needed to be a group discussion. And honestly, I think if they had discussed it, I think it would have come to a either a, well, we'll begrudgingly have her along on a very decisively... Like, she's on probation. Yeah, like, we reserve the right to terminate her contract, you know. I Or they wouldn't have taken her at all. Like, that's that's what I think would have happened if he had given them the opportunity to actually discuss it. But, yeah, the fact that he just makes that call without them, because it is their lives that he is putting at risk, really, by trusting someone. Like, given what they're doing, he really is playing with quite high stakes and that they deserve to be consulted on that before that decision is made for them. No, that's fully fair and valid and... I cannot comment on that because that's some pretty immediate spoilers if I do. Oh, okay. Interesting. Fun. File that knowledge away. All it means is that we get confirmation one way or the other in the next half a dozen episodes. Yeah, but I'm excited. <laughs> I don't often get to make actual, like, predictions. It's fun to be able to speculate a little bit. Oh, speaking of predictions, I mm. fucking loved the plot twist of this episode. I loved that we find out that she was the yeah. daughter. I Because I was really confused when he was calling her Gigi. I was like, what are you talking about? But there's so much foreshadowing mm. here. It's like there's all of these little bits and bobs that if you're yeah. like actually like looking and you're trying, you could piece it together. Yeah. And I did love that. I, I, do you know what's so stupid is they literally talked about the irises. Yes, blue irises. Went there's right over my there's fucking There's two head. very obnoxious shots of the irises. And they're yellow, bright yellow. And they're, yeah, like they're like a pale yellow. Like they're I not- just, I assumed that I had misheard the mm. name. I thought she like specified the like species of yeah, iris. like you have- Or the subspecies. Yeah, you have him in the hospital calling her Gigi. Yeah. You then have- the like the very not subtle hint that she's colorblind because she can't tell what color the irises are. Yeah, but you like, then have the offhand remark that um like Georgia Gilbert was, was colorblind. colorblind. Yeah, and then like it's like all of these things just like da, 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 da. and then it's like well yeah it's not a coincidence. Mm, mm-hmm. He sought you out. Yeah, because you are his daughter. Yeah, and it's like. There's all of the foreshadowing in terms of, like, well, she runs a charity for foster kids. Like, why is that? Like, yeah, exactly. it just, it's all there. It's could... so funny when Nate in the courtroom was like, I just want to ask one question. What's the color of my tie? I was like, oh, my God, he's about to legally blonde them. I... <laughs> like He did. Elwoods would be proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I really liked, I liked the plot twist. I liked that as soon as you realize, you're like, oh, my God, there is so much here. Like, yeah. And I liked that it felt... I like that we got to see Nate thinking on his feet. Mm. Again, because I like when he's put on the spot and he has to actually do, do something. Uh, <laughs> I also love that we get Chaos Gremlin Hardison. Fucking, yeah. Like, with the foil in the shape of a gun and all the keys everywhere. And, like, you can see yeah. that he has actually started learning from, like, Parker and, like, mm-hmm. pickpocketing and that sort of stuff. Is mm-hmm. like... He starts, he's starting to get there. Yeah. I did think it was funny that he had so many keys, like, yeah. just ready to get rid of. It's like, bro, how are you going to get back into your house, your you car? Know what? Your- 
<laughs> I am willing to bet that all of those keys are for various padlocks he has that he keeps solely for the purpose of Parker practicing her pick, lock, lock picking skills. <laughs> like, I am willing to bet that they just happen to be all the random keys he's got from, like, various different padlocks. I love that. Because anytime he sees, like, a padlock online that's advertised as, like, unpickable, he yeah. buys it for Parker to pick. And he just keeps, like, the keys on him. Oh, my God. I actually love that. I can just imagine, like like a Christmas gift where he just gives her like 50 padlocks yeah. and like he has the keys so he can relock them like yeah. or whatever if need be or like unlock it to yeah. like actually use it but mm-hmm. she just has them for practice yeah. I, I do love that that's fun also I do love how willing that guy was to give him the foil from his sandwich yeah. I like if someone came up to him and was like hey can I have that I don't know how I would respond like you want my trash I guess <laughs> Oh, I want to talk about how unsubtle Nate is when, like, Park is in the other room and he's trying to, like, summon her to pretend to be the lost heir. And he's like, is it safe to see her now? Yeah. Is it safe? <laughs> like. I don't know why he didn't just say she's not here. Like, Yeah. She, she's back at the hotel or whatever. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going, like, I didn't bring her because, you know, why for, it's a risk to her safety. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I understand for like the rest of the plot of the episode why, and also for the inherent Parker. comedy of Parker like on the spot being like, "Can we go get some meth?" <laughs> like, yeah, she's stealing because she's a meth addict. Like, obviously, yeah. Despite the fact that Beth Reesgraf looks like she's never done meth in her life, I did think it was interesting though that the lawyer guy was less sus- like wasn't that suspicious that she had been in his office that whole time. Mm. Because, like, he doesn't see her walk past. No. Like, she doesn't come in with Nate. No. So I was surprised that he, like, that Nate... Though, to be fair, Nate was already in the room before he walked in. Oh, yeah, he was, because he was ripping the pages out of the book book for some fucking reason. For the character, for the bit. He's committed. I kind of thought that that would end up being relevant Mm. somewhere, but I was like, oh, no, he's just destroying personal property for shits and giggles, I guess. Because he doesn't like the dude. Yeah. It makes sense. I would, yeah. I also don't like this dude. I do think it would be fun if those pages became relevant down the track, mm. like three episodes from yeah. now. If Nate was like, "Wait a minute, I've heard that fact before," and he like goes and like finds it in the coat pocket of his his suit. Mm. I do want to just say that we do get a Sophie Tara parallel in this episode. Do we? Yes. I did not pick up on it. To the pilot, all the way back to the pilot. Sophie's introduction. Oh, I don't remember that far back. They're in the meeting and Sophie's sitting there taking notes. Oh, and then you get Tara's yeah. intro. And it's like a really subtle nod to like Sophie and mm. that like Sophie's introduced to the team and she's taking notes as she's introduced to the team. And then Tara's introduced to the team and she's also taking notes. It's like a little tiny subtle parallel that just hints at the plot twist at yeah, the end. Yeah, I did not pick up on that at all. I just thought it was weird that she was taking notes by hand. I was like, babe, why don't you just have a voice recorder? Like, <laughs> because I assumed, like, so she was doing it for the purpose of, like, yeah. she's a lawyer. And so I was like, surely it makes more sense to just have a recorder. Yeah. But, yes, okay, I understand for the sake of, like, the nod to Sophie. That is very sweet. And I didn't notice it, so I'm glad you pointed it out. It's really hard because I want to talk about Tara more, but I do not under any circumstances want to spoil where they go with Tara. Yeah, I was going to say, I could theorize about it a bit more, but I think mm. I've kind of covered Covered up. everything. Like, there's... It's a, it's a character introduction, and the thing is, for her, for like 90% of the episode, she's not even playing herself. Like, yeah. you do not know who Tara is at this point. You have 
like two minutes worth of actual Tara content. The rest is all an act, essentially. Yeah. It's like, it's if we had been introduced to Sophie in the Nigerian job and we don't actually meet Sophie at all, we only ever see her when she's playing the character, basically. Yeah. Until the last two minutes when it's revealed she was, like, part of it all along or whatever. Yeah. Like, we do not know anything about Tara at this stage other than she is very different from Sophie. And... In every single way. Like, what's interesting about Tara is that Sophie would not have sent someone that she didn't trust. Yes. Or I suppose maybe she's not thinking about it from that sense. I wonder if she's just thinking about it from like, if I wasn't the best in the game, who would be? Yeah. Who's below me? Like, in yeah, the ranking system. Who's, who's second in the world or second in, you know, the, the general area? Yeah. And I suppose she could have just sent like the second best. Mm. And that could be, like, the thought process. I would like to think that it would be someone that Sophie trusts, Mm. but not necessarily, you know? Like, I mean, she's not going to send someone who she thinks is going to be, like, evil or something. But I suppose, considering their line of work, generally speaking, most people aren't that trustworthy. Like, they probably all kind of double-crossed each other before. So I'm wondering if maybe she was sent as a recommendation more based on her resume than her character. Or even if she's, like, a friend of a friend of a friend of Sophie's or whatever. Yeah, like, like, I wonder how personally they actually know each other. Mm. Because it's not like these guys have, like, community gatherings. It's not like they're having, like, work functions. No. You know? They're not going out, like, I mean, the leverage team is going out for drinks on a Friday after a con, but, like, just it's not like they the grifters have a statewide group chat Where they're like, lol, saw someone stole the Mona Lisa, which one of yours was it? You know, like, yeah. that's not that's not how this works. So it is, although it is fun to get introduced to someone else who is kind of in that conning community. Because yeah. we have actually met a fair few characters now that are outside the Leverage team who we know are running similar cons for different reasons yeah. around them in like the same sort of general areas. Yeah. Especially in the two life crew job, where we meet like just the whole host of other criminals. Mm. Oh, I wonder if Tara and Sterling have background the way that Sophie and Sterling do. Mm. That's interesting. I also would you be interested in seeing them interact? Tara and St- yeah. Sterling, absolutely. Okay, I think that the okay. So not to bring it back to supernatural. I'm yeah. only gonna I, just because I the only equivalent that I can really use to explain how I feel about Tara is Bella. Okay, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I do also get big Bella vibes because from Tara. Bella did not feel like a threat mm. in Supernatural in the same way that Tara does because I think she served a different narrative purpose. Yes. But Tara, the it, morals... It, it's very obvious that Tara is Sophie's replacement. Yes. That is... But the, the morals of the two of them, I think, are very, very similar. Mm. And so... I do think it would be really, really interesting for Sterling and Tara to have an interaction in the same way that I think it would have been really fun for, like, Cass and Bella to have an interaction. Like, mm. the, like, righteous, like, yeah. you know, no, I am correct and, like, I am the upstanding, like, holder of the law or whatever and you are Or just even, like, like, Bella and Crowley. Well, I haven't so, met Crowley yet, but if he's anything like Sterling, I think Bella and Crowley would be very fun together. I agree. I didn't say Crowley because obviously Crowley is like, Sterling is like, in leverage, yeah. is upholding the actual law. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of whether that law is moral, yeah. he's upholding the legality side. Yeah. And I think that is more Cass than okay. Crowley. Yeah. 
Because Crowley ultimately is not upholding any kind of... I mean, I, I don't know a lot about him, but I do know he is Although a he's, he's Although so... he's a stickler for the rules in a different sense. Yeah. He's not doing it for, like, the he righteousness. He can't pretend, to pretend that it's, yeah. you know, for justice or whatever, but... Yeah. So, anyway, I do think, I do think it would be really fun because mm-hmm. I also feel like... I think the actors would have a really good, like bantery chemistry i think they would be the kind of characters who would just back and forth give each other absolute shit and i do enjoy that quite a lot are there any other recurring characters in leverage that you'd like to see tara meet i would love her to interact with the two fbi guys sweet something uh tag it miss mick sweeten mick sweeten thank you um I just think that that would be really fun because they're such bumbling buffoons and I love them. Like, they're so sweet and kind of silly mm. and she is not that. And so I just think that, like, it would be like if Bella interacted with Ed and Harry, you know? Mm. I just think it would be really funny. I think she would have fun with them. Yeah. And, like, I just – and I think they would be clueless but in, like, a wholesome kind of way. And I just kind of think that would be fun. Tara and Maggie? Mm. Would be interesting. Yeah. I, right. I can't really, like, elaborate on why I think that. Mm. But I kind of think that they would be either besties or detest each other. Like, yeah. I don't think there's, like, a middle ground mm-hmm. there. I, I, don't, I don't know how to elaborate on that. Yeah, no, that's It's okay. been a while since we've interacted with Maggie and I'm really just trying to think back on it. But I just feel like she would either, like... I think they would both respect each other yeah. for their own, like, abilities and their mastering of their individual crafts, but I don't think they would like each other, yeah. you know? I think there's, like, a mutual respect, but a, also a mutual dislike and distrust. Who else? I don't really know. I'm still sad that we don't get the couple from the wedding job back. Yeah, I think that'd be a very fun cameo. Like, I think they would have been... I'm kind of disappointed that... Because you've already told me that we don't really find anything out about them. I would have loved to see them... Adam and Maria. Adam and Maria. Like, if they had just popped... Like, even if they were just, like, in the background somewhere yeah. once a season and you just saw their life yeah. progress. Or, like, if they'd shown up in the season five finale... Yeah. Like, I just think that would have been such a fun callback. Like, even if they're just, like, tourists in whatever, like, place that they're in. Like, say say if the season five finale, like, went down in, like, New York or, like, yeah. some kind of, like, touristy, like, a lot of tourists would be in that mm-hmm. place. And there, it's, like, adamant, like, they run into this couple who's, like, walking around with this giant map in front of them and, it, like, yeah. they stumble into it. Oh, and it's Adam and Maria and they're on their, like, you know, fifth anniversary honeymoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would have been a really fun callback. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Any other recurring characters that... No one is immediately springing to mind. Yeah. But I may be missing someone glaringly obvious. Well, just... there are a couple of other recurring characters that I don't think I've actually confirmed for you are recurring. That would be oh, great. okay. That I don't I don't know if you know they're recurring. Okay. But they haven't recurred yet, so I'm not going to mention that. Oh, well. They're not like... Like, there are some that were, like, pretty obvious that they're going to be recurring, like Sterling. Yeah. There is no way Sterling's not going to be recurring. Like, yeah. It's Mark fucking Shepard. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. So, actually, I'm really looking forward to seeing him because have we seen him yet this season? No. I don't think so. I was like, it's been a hot minute since mm-hmm. we've seen Sterling because he was in the finale. Yeah, he hasn't been in the first one. half of this season, though. And I I have said over and over again, but I love Mark Shepard. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited to get some more Sterling and mm-hmm. I missed him. He's... As I promised, he does appear in every season, so you will see him before the end of the season. 
Yeah, well, I mean, how many episodes are left? Not that many. We're, we're getting awfully close to seeing him again. He does pop up again. Cool. Obviously, I won't tell you when, but... That he, makes me happy. He does, in fact, pop up in this season. Like, he, he does appear in every single... Season. I'm pretty sure he's in every single season. I'm trying to think of where he appears in season three, and I can't remember it. So he's probably in there somewhere, and I just can't remember. That's fine. I'll, I'll trust you. I do just want to talk about... The Burswaldo Ford scene. Yeah. Because as hilarious as it is, it also breaks my heart every time. Like, Parker's little, like, so she's not coming back. Like, not now or not ever. Like, I feel like you've really touched on this because you're terrified that Tara's going to rip the entire team apart, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think me and Parker have the same fear in this moment. Mm. That Sophie's not coming back. And, like, I know she comes back, but at this point, like, it doesn't feel like that's in any time in the near future. And, yeah, anyway, sorry, I completely interrupted you. Please go on. But, no, like, and so I think it's just, like, you were saying that you you really like a lot of build-up to things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's actually really quite quick found family, like, just how quick they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is it. This is my family. This is the yeah. unit. I just, like, what, how do you feel about, like, the found family that they've built and, like, just the way that, like, all of the characters, like, all of them, and the way they miss Sophie and the way they, like, even though she's not there, they keep on, like, just trying to reach out to her. Yeah. So, quick plug for my other other podcast, Wayward Parents. Because what it does remind me of is the fact that I think every single episode that we have recorded for that as of yet, we have gone, oh, we wish Jamie was here. Because Jamie has this opinion on this. And... <laughs> And, like, it's very frustrating because all of us want to ask your opinion on things or we mention you or we bring up things that you've said and you're not there. <laughs> Maybe you should just keep a list of things and then we could, like, you could just ask me a whole bunch of questions and that could be a fun bonus episode. <laughs> Maybe. But so it kind of it kind of does, like, remind me of that where it's, like, you've got this, like, group of people and they're, like, oh, we're missing, like, a core person of the group of people that is usually involved in the conversation but there's just, like, there's nothing you can do. Do you want to know what's especially hilarious? What? Is there's four of you on the podcast and me would be five, so it'd be the yeah. exact same in terms of, like, team numbers. Exactly. So it does kind of feel a little bit like that. But I, you're right. I really love a good slow burn. I love yeah. the long build because I think that it has a better payoff. And this is actually a fantastic example because... We are now nine episodes into the second season. That is the majority of the way through. Mm -hmm. And up until this point, we have yet to have a really significant threat to the relationship of the cohort. You've had like episode long tiffs or whatever. Like when Hardison forgot to show up for that one con or like stuff between Sophie and Nate being tense or, you know, like bits and pieces. But we haven't had like a genuine more than one episode plot arc that spanned yeah. multiple episodes about the found family that is at the core of the Exactly. Show. And here's the thing. If they had introduced Tara in this way, halfway, like at this point in season one, I would not care no. nearly as much as I currently care. And that is because I've had the slow build of getting these characters to this point where I'm like, yes, they are believably a found family and they are believably like very... They really care about each other. And so that makes Tara a, a believable and like real threat. Whereas if they had done this a season ago, 
I like I would have cared a bit like I still would have been like oh I don't trust her but I would not be as emotionally invested as I am because it wouldn't feel like there was as much at stake and like I know that you have said that like oh like the found family is like really strong really quick I understand why you say that but for me personally I didn't start to really feel the found family until this season See, the fun thing is, though, if you go back, you can see the found family all the way back in season one. Oh. It's just it doesn't hit you until, I would say, the Beantown bailout job, the first episode of the season, where they all choose to basically bully Nate into reforming the team. So here's the thing. Like, you're, you're right. There are, there are inklings of it. There are aspects of found family. But I personally did not fully see it or, like, fully accept it as, like, oh, this is the case until this season when they changed location. That was the big thing for me. And I talked a lot about it in the first couple of episodes. The shift from the office setting to the home setting is what really tipped it over the edge from being like, oh, we're just co-workers who enjoy each other's company to being like, oh no, we are a family. Like that was the hinge for me, uh, the the switch that flipped, you know? And yeah, it's, it's because it took so long it's a it's a believable amount of time for characters to become this close especially characters that have guards up mm-hmm. especially characters who have to lie about who they are and what they you do have trust issues exactly and so that's why tara feels so threatening because we have or they have rather worked so hard to get to this point where they can trust each other and they work so well together and all these things and you do, you see it at multiple points in this episode of like just how well they work together as a yeah. team. It's like the little things, it's how in sync they are. It's- exactly, exactly. And so to have someone come along and be a genuine threat to that is more upsetting by far than it would have been this time last season because it, they're so much more established, which means that there's more emotional depth to their relationships, which means that if something goes wrong, there is so much more heartbreak at stake, you know? Like, if you hang out with someone two or three times and like you get on really well or whatever, but then something happens and you just never see them ever again in your life, you might like look back and be like, oh yeah, like that was, they were kind of cool. I wonder what they're doing now. Like, I miss hanging out with them. Like they or, were like, pretty, they were chill. Or, but like, yeah. even if you only met them a couple of times, like, like if they're like friend of a friend and you just see each other once a year at, at like whoever's birthday, like you're aware of them, but you're not thinking about them that like very often. And if you never saw them again, it probably wouldn't affect you at all. But someone that you, like, live with or someone that you were in a romantic relationship with or had an established friendship with. Or started a podcast with. Or started a podcast with. Like, if I suddenly never saw you again, I I would have some pretty strong emotions about that, you know? Like, compared... That's right. I still got my other podcasting friends. Wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. I see how it is. I'm replaceable. But, you know, like, it's, it's very different. And so that's kind of how it... It's kind of how it feels to me. Like, I feel like if... In the first season, you could have switched out any member of the team for, like, say, the two live crew counterparts. Yeah. And it wouldn't have really mattered because at that point they hadn't formed... I think it would have that mattered, but to a lesser extent, yeah. you know? Like, I think I think they would have cared, but I think they would have gotten over it relatively quickly. They'd be like, oh, okay, shit happens, things yeah. change. But now I think... For the first time, for almost all of these characters, really, maybe Nate excluded, they have allowed themselves the opportunity to open up and to settle in and to get comfortable and to stay in one place. There's a certain amount of stability around the team. And now that they finally have that, 
to lose it would be that much more detrimental because when they never had it, that's one thing. But once you've gotten a taste of it and you become accustomed to it and then it gets taken away from you, much bigger deal. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so I think that, I think that it will be really interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out. And like, I've talked a lot about Tara this episode. I'm really interested to see how the rest of Sophie's arc plays out because the reason, obviously the reason that she's not in the show right now is because of Gina Bellman being pregnant and being on mat leave. But the way that they wrote her in, they the way that they preceded her absence and wrote her out of the show for the period of time was fucking fascinating. And I'm really, really interested to see how they reintroduce her and also where they go with it. And also when they reintroduce her. Yeah, that's like, a great is it point. In the next couple of episodes, is it next season? Is yeah. It like-, like I have to assume I have to assume she'll be in the finale. I think it would be odd if she wasn't, mm. but also because she's on that league, like who knows? You know? They could have maybe pre filmed something. Yeah. But then that would mean that they would have had to have that planned well in advance and, like, shit happens, stuff changes. So who knows? I I think if she wasn't in the finale, I do think it would feel like it was missing something. Yeah. To be fair, I haven't seen it. No. But. That's all right. We're, we're getting there. I think the real true test of the episode quality, though, is do you want to immediately watch the next one? Okay. I'm going to segue into my rating very okay. quickly. Yeah, absolutely. What do you rate this episode, Beth, while you're... As, Why are you here? as much as I did enjoy a lot of aspects of this episode, I didn't enjoy it as much as I have the last couple. Yep. No, that's okay. So I think I'm going to give it a three. More middle of the road. I think maybe, maybe a little harsh in my opinion, but I, I do see where you're going. It's just like the last couple I've really liked. I think I've given them all like 3.5s or 4s. And you get to the last episode four and a half. They, yeah, there you fucking go. And this one it just kind of felt like a step down. Yeah. And it was a, it was a fine episode. Yeah. I'll go back and rewatch it. It was all right. But like I'm not... It's not, like, one that I'm like, oh, my God, I adored this episode. Like, you know, enough happened that I kind of was annoying that I'm like, eh, whatever. I do think your opinion might change after you learn more about Tara. Okay. Cool. I am more than willing to have my opinion changed. My opinion changed I don't so know much you, on Nate, like, honestly. I don't know if you're, like, you're going to, like, like or hate what they do with Tara. Um, Interesting. But, like, every character in this show, Tara does get development and she does get an arc and she does get a plot line like she's not yeah. just she's not there for like filler she she's not just gonna be sophie you know what i mean like they're yeah, not that just would be like pointless. they've already got a sophie and yeah so she's not just sophie so i think it might be interesting to see how your opinion of tara changes your opinion on this episode okay as you learn more about tara and who she is and what role she feels and, like, just where her storyline is going. Yeah. And, like, I do want to be very clear. As much as I say, like, I really hate, like, I'm really worried that they're going to wedge, like, the team. I'm really worried about the tension and stuff. I personally don't enjoy it, like, watching it. However, it's kind of like that whole secondhand embarrassment thing. Like, for me, I just don't enjoy watching it. However, I understand narratively the purpose of it. So you don't want her to split up the team personally, but you would understand if that's what they did. I think narratively, that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, like, makes sense that at this point, they would introduce a pressure mm-hmm. to, like... Because at this point, like, the team is quite solid. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense to test that strength. Yeah. And seeing as they're already weakened by having Sophie out of, like, out of the fold for a moment, mm-hmm. it seems like an opportune time to do that. They yeah. are one down in an ensemble cast. Like, 
I, yeah, so I, I understand the narrative intention and purpose if they went that route. It's just not what the, you know, my little heart wants. Yeah, okay. And so, like, I want to make it very clear. Like, there's a clear distinction between what I want out of, like, my ideal fanfic version. Yeah. And, like, the real, like, realistic take of they need tension and they need, like, narratively, that is what her introduction Like, that's the purpose that she could serve. It's not the one that she will 100% serve, but I think it is the most likely. Yeah. And, or at least some kind of aspect of what I've kind of elaborated on earlier. Okay, lovely. The next episode is called, I'm assuming you're done. I'm done. Yeah, Yeah, I've waffled on enough. Lovely. The next episode is called The Runway Job. What do you think it's about, Beth? Okay, well, I fucking assume that this is what that still was, like, the thumbnail that I was so fucking confused about. All of the, like, stills are, like, None of them match yeah. the actual episode, okay. so just largely ignore them. Wonderful. So, okay, clearly it is some kind of fashion runway event. Yep. Clearly Parker at some point has to walk the runway. Okay, yep. I am looking forward to this. Do we know what what sort of plotline you'd want to see around something with fashion oh, and a okay. runway? Or Here's the thing. The like fashion and beauty industry is fucked. So there's a lot of different angles they mm-hmm. could run with. They could go down the route of exploitation of like people in sweatshops mm-hmm. like making fabrics yep. and making the clothes they could go down the route of the impossible uh like standards of things like weight yep. for models which is abhorrent and atrocious mm-hmm. they could go down the route of they could go down the route of like just general corruption within the industry they could go down the route of like it could be a photographer it could be a designer it could be anyone a journalist like there are so many facets of that particular industry that could be corrupted exploited. or exploited or yeah yep. so i don't know if i have a particular avenue that i think is most likely i do think that maybe parker being on the runway could be used like she could be doing that as like look as a vantage point mm. like maybe their mark is someone who is in that like the crowd or in something the crowd and so she's using it as like a where are they where are mm. they kind of thing that could be a possibility but i you know i'm not 100 percent sure it could also be that it could just be like some kind of rich famous person who likes to go to like runways like mm. how often do you see the kardashians at yeah like you know fashion shows yeah so it could just be something along those lines uh do you know what you would like to see in next episode for tara because it's it's not a spot she's back in next episode she she does she's not gone i have to assume i have to assume that basically everything that i've been talking about is gonna like i think they're gonna start laying the groundwork i think parker is not going to like her I think Parker's going to be spend most of the next episode kind of pissy. Mm-hmm. And I think that partially because clearly they put her in a dress mm-hmm. and, like, make her walk a runway. Yep. And that Honestly, seems... we haven't really talked about it yet because we haven't really had too much of it. But, like, you know how, like, Trans Dean is a headcanon yes. in the... Non-binary Parker... Yeah, is I can a see it. ...very... There is, like, down the track, there's literally a line where she says that she's was only sort of a teenage girl. Yeah. So it's like trans... The interpretation. Trans non-binary Parker is very much like... Yeah, I can... She's alive and well in my head. Yeah, I can 100% see that. And 
I don't know, like Parker is a very practical mm-hmm. character. And so anytime that they have her in like big poofy dresses, like yeah. it, it seems like very anti her like even like Alice White wore a lot of skirts and dresses, which is like a, an alias, you know. She's a very much pants kinda character. Yeah. Um and so I, I imagine that she's not happy to be on that stage. I imagine she's shitty with Tara. Anyway, I, I can just imagine that some groundwork is going to be laid for future tensions, you know? Yeah. No worries at all. That is wonderful. But no, so yeah, I can I can totally say that. And yeah, Parker is not happy whenever she has to wear a dress. Like, yeah. Parker is not a dress sort of person. No. With some notable exceptions when she's playing a character. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings us to the end of the episode. You've given your predictions. You've given your ratings. I have. You never told me. Do you want to watch the next episode immediately? The real test of a quality episode. Okay. Last week, I did want to watch the next episode immediately. This week, not so much. You're scared? I'm a little scared, but also, like, I just didn't like this episode as much. Like, last episode, like I said, I gave it a 4.5. I was vibing. I was so ready to watch the next episode. And this one, like, it was fine. Mm -hmm. It was fine. But I'm a little bit scared about Tara. Mm -hmm. Like, I... If... There's only two ways. If I was watching this not for the podcast, there's only two ways I would react. I would either A immediately watch the next five episodes to binge my way through it so that the pain was over faster, like ripping off a Band-Aid. Or I would just turn off the TV and not watch it for a month because I'm delaying the inevitable. I will just remind you, though, this is my comfort show. Mm. So it's a happy show. Like, it is not angsty. So obviously there is angst in this show, but I... I would just like to remind you that you are not watching Supernatural. It's okay. <laughs> you can, like, relax your, like, defense mechanisms. They are not going to do what Supernatural would do with the same setup. Okay. So you can you can chill out a bit. I'm not telling you what they're going to do. Okay. I'm just saying that you are not watching Supernatural. Okay. Like, I'm just going to remind you of that Thank one. Thank you. You Sometimes are not watching Supernatural. <laughs> like, things can be okay. Their misery is not the point. The point is the rich dude's misery. <laughs> Good things do happen. Good things do happen in Leverage. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Have a lovely morning, evening, night, afternoon, etc. If you want to find us, you can find all of our links in the episode description below. And if you want to talk to us, talk to us anywhere you want to. Suggested topics of conversation include... Key Jimmy Papadopoulos suits. I was trying to think of a way to bring Jimmy Papadopoulos. I was just sitting here like, Jimmy, what about him? Something about him. Couldn't figure it out. How how high would you rate Jimmy Papadopoulos on a scale of 1 to 10? Because, like, for a night alias, he's a solid 10. Yeah. I I really loved the plot twist in this episode. <laughs> and I really loved that there was, like, obvious foreshadowing in it if you were looking for it and if you picked up on it. Like, you could. And also if you knew how to ge- genetics work. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you could. And you were paying attention to, like, the random plot thread of they're colorblind. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you could pick it. And I like that, like, going back to it, like, I think it'll be really fun to be like, oh, my God, yes. Like, they did mention this. You know, I think it'd be fun. Obviously, spoiler sensitive, but I would love to know which episodes people, like, loved the plot twist. I don't want to know what the plot twist was. Oh, the but, finale, 100%. But I would like to the know... Okay, that brings me... Also, the season four finale. Okay. I Also, the season three finale. Good God, okay. I, I <laughs> the wanna, finales. I want to know, maybe excluding the finales, yeah. like what are some plot twists in Leverage that you 
love mm-hmm. or like not even leverage if you have like a show or a movie or a book mm-hmm. or a fic or like whatever, the good place like the good place is a great example where you're like the plot twist in this blew my mind mm-hmm. hit me up and let me know because i i love a good plot twist I'm trying to think if you're barring out the finales because definitely my favorite plot twist is the season five finale mm-hmm. hands down because you, you can't elaborate but yeah <laughs> you're making facial expressions it's a plot twist that's all about the drama. Oh, okay. All about the drama. Like, this is just, like, it's all drama. It's all camp, and I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I I love all of the plot twists, honestly, which is, like, a massive cop-out. But, like, I'm trying <laughs> to think fine. of, I'm like, not a... asking you. I'm <gasps> asking everyone No, else. no, no. I know exactly. I know exactly which plot twist is my favorite. Okay. The Roshaman job. Okay. The Roshaman job. Okay. Fuck, all right. Anyone listening knows why I love the plot twist in The Rosherman Job. Because there's not just one, there's five. Oh, shit. And they're all excellent and hilarious. And I love them with my entire heart. That episode is god tier. <laughs> all right. Done. <laughs> I'm vibing right now. Okay. I cannot wait for you to see The Rosherman Job. Okay. Wait, what season? How long do I have to wait? I think it's like season three. Okay, so soon. Oh, okay, less soon. It's not season five, and it's not season two. Okay, so it's good to narrow it down. (laughs) It's somewhere in there, but cool. All right, well, got that to look forward to then. That's okay. It's it's my it's one of my favorite episodes of all time, and is the like if I could go back and watch any episode of Leverage again for the first time, it would be the Rosherman job. Cool, but it is not the episode that I'm most excited for you to watch. Interesting. Okay. Because I I think you're going to adore the Rosherman job for all the reasons I adore the Rosherman job. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be your favorite episode. Okay. I think there are other episodes that I think are going to top it. Cool. I think I know what your favorite episode of Supernatural is going to be. At least of the Kripke era. Predict it for me. Predict it now on the record so that you can't flip-flop. Okay. I think, I think it might be changing channels. Okay. I've heard that one is chaos, so you may be correct. I think that might be. For a variety of reasons, Mm -hmm. I think that might be. That's okay. At least of Kripke era. I don't know Mm -hmm. about the whole series. I I haven't watched all of it recently enough, but definitely of Kripke era. I think if if it's not in your top five, I will be astounded. I am not going to give you the name of the episode because I think the name of the episode will give you too much to think about. Yeah. But the episode that I think is going to be your favourite of the entirety of Leverage is 407. Okay. And anyone who's watched Leverage, do you agree with me? Don't tell her the name because I don't want her to know the name and she's more likely to forget an episode number than she is a name. But 407. It is an episode that fucking slaps, and I think it gives Beth everything her little character analysis heart desires. Oh, that makes me excited. I do love me some character analysis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to shorten analysis, and then I almost <laughs> said the anal. <laughs> I was going to be hit, and then I was like, don't. Anyway, that is... Please don't leave that That in. is... But no, so I think that episode just gives you everything that your little, like, character analysis heart desires. I think you're going to be kind of emotionally devastated. Oh, that sounds great. But also, like, enriched. Okay. I love some enrichment in my enclosure. 
because it is definitely like one of my top 10 episodes of all time and it makes me go feral. And if it makes me go feral... It'll make me go like ballistic. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. Anyway, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Have a lovely day. Hopefully you listen to our next episode when we're talking about the runway job. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh, good Lord.